guys, we are back for a very special episode that you guys definitely don't want to miss. My next guest, Natalie Kashani, is dedicated in healing and helping men and women self-love and empowerment. She studied neuroscience, psychology, emotional regulation techniques, and she's going to be talking about all the things today about trauma from toxic patterns. We're going to be talking about relationships. You definitely don't want to miss this. Natalie, it's an honor to have you on my podcast. Thank you so much for accepting to be on it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Raj. Absolutely. But uh, what really kind of really uh, got me to look at all of your stuff was your Instagram, I should say, like the trauma uh, related work. So before we even get started, can you just tell us how you became a trauma relationship coach and a mentor and how you got into all of this? Yeah. Yeah, it's been an interesting life journey. Um, I had some developmental trauma growing up. I've had a very colorful life. Um, I'm half Swiss, half Filipina, and um, I grew up in Switzerland and then moved to Bali, and then lived all all around the world. And uh, the first half of my life felt really empty inside. I had no connection to myself. And I just started acting out, you know, being rebellious. And um, anyways, I kind of went into the health and wellness business. I always realized that if I worked out or if I got my body uh, to, to just work out, I would feel better. And, um, and so I kind of chose that as an initial career. So, um, I started being an entrepreneur in the fitness and wellness, uh, domain, uh, in Canada, then moved to Bali and did that as well. And what, what really happened was it grew organically. The calling came to me. I started seeing more and more women, Um, that were, you know, just talking to me about their relationships and about trauma. And all of a sudden, I fell into a different demographic where I was combining, you know, both body work, but also going deeper and realizing that, you know, all of our outside troubles and symptoms have to stem from somewhere. Um, And so about five years ago, I gave up my businesses in fitness and wellness um, and then I kind of dove in deeper into my trauma healing. Um, I had a divorce. I have two children. And I kind of hit rock bottom at that point. Mm-hmm. And I realized in order for me to get better, I really had to do the practices and learn the tools that are required for us to move through this. And so I realized, okay, you know what? I'm going to make my own program because I went to talk therapy for so many years and it never really made a huge shift. I was always heavily reliant on therapists and I never really felt self-empowered through the process. Mm -hmm. And so in combination with my knowledge and physiology, um, I just dove really deep into neuroscience. I had a a teacher in it um, and I just studied from there and I realized what my work was in this world. And so I'm really happy to have this meaningful um, realization there. Yeah. That's amazing. Cause there's a lot of people that go through trauma themselves 
and they want to give back. They become coaches, um, mentors. Um, you mentioned something about seeing, you know, therapists and you went that route. Um, what kind of made you kind of go like find the information yourself? Like, how did you motivate yourself to be like, okay, I've tried this route. It, it, it doesn't seem like it, it is working. Maybe it's helpful, but it's, it, it wasn't resonating with you. What kind of made you go the other route to just kind of self, um, just kind of look at all that information for yourself? Well, the first and honest answer is desperation. (laughs) You know, I was so at a loss. I was literally uh, having this one year of just numbing out. I had, you know, I started an addiction issue. Mm -hmm. and, um, And even though I had all the tools and all the help that I could have, I just one day realized um, that if if you don't learn the practices um, to self-stabilize yourself through the nervous system, how you can change your state into a healing state, you're never going to heal. Like if you are going to just talk about trauma and you are constantly put under tension, you know, trauma equals tension in the body. And um, there's so many beautiful books lately that have been studied um, about the psychosomatic processes with trauma. Yeah. Uh, And I just, you know, took my education from physiology and just realized, you know what, you know, they're right. You know, the body keeps the score is one of the greatest books. Yeah. Yeah. That has impacted my life. Yeah. And it's true. The body does keep the score. And when we fall into deep depression or anxiety mm-hmm. or um, any types of numbing out, we have to realize that unless we move our state um, through our nervous system and through guided meditation and through real work that is applicable, um, it takes a person a lot of dedication to work with their own trauma. And the work really is realizing that it's on you it's your responsibility nobody can Mm -hmm. save you yes no one can save you but you have all the power to save yourself you really do and so my work is really about teaching men and women uh, through trauma and relationship knowledge and education Mm -hmm. to basically get to a place where they can do the self-healing so Mm -hmm. all of my education through my personal mentorship or my group programs is literally getting them to understand themselves and for them to commit themselves to everyday work, whether it is through the practices that I provide um, and for them to truly realize what is underneath the trauma and what under, what is underneath the trauma is usually their truest self, their authentic expression, their childlike wonder and all of the things that are underneath that trauma are really going to be the pillars for them to realize who they really are. Because in order to see your own power, you have to see what happened before the trauma. You have to see what happens before the suffering, before the pain. And that remembrance is something that I really am calling forth in all the people Mm -hmm. that I work with, because I really do believe that, everyone has magic. And when we reframe 
ourselves to see why we suffer and to realize that the pain can actually, the pain can actually really, really guide you in the right direction. And if we notice that pain is our teacher and pain is something that will get us actually out of the deep, out mm-hmm. of the deep end, we have to actually make close friends with our pain. And mm-hmm. that process is not easy. It's not yeah. easy because instead of, you know, resisting it, we have to learn how to invite it and how mm-hmm. to sit with our emotions. And so this is what I help people to do is mm-hmm. how do we do that safely in a safe space? Um, and with a deep courage that maybe we don't know how to access, but that's mm-hmm. what I try to shine a light on. Yes. And I thank you for sharing that. So I just want to kind of take a quick dive just um, because I do know that with trauma, uh, one of the biggest things that I hear is people have a lot of problems with, you know, stopping toxic patterns. So I wanted to ask you your take on that. Um, Again, before we get started, guys, obviously, this is not medical advice whatsoever. Definitely go see a qualified physician if you're having any mental health issues but this is just a conversation between me and her. Um, what would you say as far as how to stop toxic patterns? Because this is what I kind of see over and over with just about everyone. You, I mean, you don't have to even go through trauma. It seems like nowadays with so much going on in the world, we just continue even with like the phone, you know, just kind of constantly scrolling and just trying to escape from reality. Um, what would you what would you say on that topic? Yeah. First of all, I want to say that the reason why I am a trauma and relationship coach combined is because, you know, a lot of people suffer having healthy relationships when they are traumatized and when they haven't looked at the healing parts of themselves. So the biggest thing here is responsibility. If you start to notice that you have toxic patterns within yourself, Mm -hmm. for example, you know, not feeling good enough or always trying to um, compare yourself to others. Um, If you put yourself down, um, that is an internal toxic pattern. But what people have to realize is that if that resides in you, you cannot attract healthy partners. You cannot attract healthy friends or Mm -hmm. have a healthy relationship with your parents or your siblings or even with your work or your purpose. And when I say relationships, it's not really just about romantic relationships. It's really about do the work to self-inquire about your own relationship with yourself. What are the toxic patterns that keep you in this loop? Because it's really there that when you do the healing there, you will start to shift and attract something completely different. Um, And so, you know, most of the times, if a person, I see a lot of people that have just been through a breakup or a divorce, I do tell people, you know, don't go out there again (laughs) quickly you know, the saying, you know, to get over somebody, get under somebody. (laughs) But, you know, that is really um, an opportunity to not do that and to see what can I do to sit in solitude and actually take a break from dating and do the work that is 
required for me to shift because Mm -hmm. you are always going to attract painful relationships if you are in pain that there's no question about it and you know what I really saw a lot of the times and often and I still do get a lot of dms with people saying I always attract a narcissist I always attract this and that but people are so much in the blame of it you know and that isn't healthy. That means that you are not taking responsibility. The responsibility here is, okay, what is it in me that Mm -hmm. I attract partners? Because, you know, it's like, it's easy to blame other people and live in the resentment of it. Um, And so what I do is I really, really try to implement that when you have peace within yourself, even if you've done, you know, interesting things in the past, (laughs) you know, behaviors that are not that great. It is really, again, an opportunity to look at our behaviors um, and seeing why we attract these things. And oftentimes, you know, people will say, oh my God, I do drink every time I have a fight with my partner. I do react, um, you know, in fight, flight, or freeze. In most cases, Um, And I'm not responding to life. I am reacting to life. And when we react from a fear response in our bodies, we can never truly get what we want. Because if the body is in a fearful state, making the decisions for us, Mm -hmm. that is not living in your true self. And therefore, you can't attract love when you're in that fear response or reactive place. Yeah. Yeah, that is so true. And I know you, you're very big on relationships. And one of the other things, especially with empaths and highly sensitive people that are tuning in, um, it seems like, I mean, with narcissists and, you know, people that are not good for them, it just seems like they're always attracting those types of people in their lives. And it takes several fail attempts to kind of leave a toxic relationship, um, in your experience, like, why is it so hard to detach from uh, somebody that's clearly abusing you? And you know that they're not good for you, but we continue to stay in that relationship for the long haul. Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, Oftentimes, you know, people that are stuck in a relationship like that, they initially started that relationship by by using that other person to self-validate themselves. Um, And that is, again, just a fear response, a people-pleaser or codependency type of behavior, right? Um, And most of the times, um, those relationships started with very, very um, heavy hormonal tendencies, you know, very, very... um, quick to date, very quick to move in, very quick to all of those things. And um, when we don't have any boundaries and we just let someone into our hearts and homes like that, right? And we don't realize our own values and don't realize our own personality and our own space and our own internal environment. What often happens is 
you know, the relationship becomes your life, you know, and whether financially or emotionally or both or all kinds of things. Um, so, you know, the reason why it's hard is because you are in fearful attachment to this other person. And most of the times it isn't love that happens between people yeah. like that. It's habituation. You know, you, you become habituated. And most people who get abused realize that they actually don't love the other person. They are really just in a state of dependency. Um, and that's why it's so difficult to leave because your whole entire being is um, entangled with this trauma bond, right? Yeah. And that's why it's so hard to leave, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's some people say that even the biggest withdrawal symptoms is is like a drug withdrawal when you're away from this person. So even if you take that person out of that chaotic relationship and you put them in a, you know, somewhat normal you know, environment, they're still going to have problems dealing with the normalcy, like without having that chaos always that they're used to. And so um, that leads me to the next question is, is there, in your experience, can the, can someone be untrained or can, I mean, I know neuroplasticity and I know you can unlearn things, but if somebody been through has been through trauma for decades and they suddenly just go no contact and they want to start their life over, there's going to be some initial issues in the beginning, right? I mean, they're not just going to continue living and everything's going to be peachy and, and great, right? Like there's going to be a, uh, I guess a time where they have to kind of get used to what it's like to live in a, what you're supposed to be living your true authentic self in a normal society versus always being put down or let down or, you know, abused by somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the process um, of the work starts before you leave that relationship or leave that toxicity. And for anybody listening out there, if you are in such a relationship, right. The first thing you can do is find an internal space, an internal environment with yourself that is completely sacred. And because I know that some people will not be able to um, fully find <laughs> a, a lot of freedom in a relationship like that. But you can start, and you know, you were saying, Raj, about neuroplasticity, you can start communicating to yourself differently at any given moment. You can come up with a mantra, memorize it, and just purely start with the conversation you have with yourself. Instead of self-neglecting yourself or hating yourself for being in that relationship. And even though it might sound like you're faking it till you make it, it's really about, you know, just five minutes a day in the mirror where you just mm -hmm. tell yourself kind, gentle things to yourself, you know, um, you know, I am good enough, or um, I am a beautiful person, you know, and once you make that spiritual connection to yourself, even if you're an uh, atheist, agnostic, mm -hmm. or if you are religious, mm -hmm. 
if you can make that spiritual connection to silence, you know, because silence can't be split, it can't be argued. But if you can, in some silence, even if you take a shower, once a day, you'll take a shower and just speak to yourself in the most kindest way. And if you do that for a while, you will start realizing that you have courage, you have courage, and it might take you a while. So when you in when you then leave or change that situation, you are going to have withdrawals. But if you have a connection with yourself, then you are going to be able to build on that. And what I say to people often is when you make the decision or the intention to heal or shift, that sometimes is Mm -hmm. the biggest step forward. And it doesn't mean that it's going to reflect in actual changes externally, your life might still be in pieces. But that internal shift of really committing, I am going to shift, mm-hmm. um, is the biggest step forward and the yeah. very first step forward. So that when you have withdrawals or you feel like, oh my God, I've really dug myself in a hole, if you just stay committed to, mm-hmm. I have the intention to heal myself. That is the biggest, um, I don't know, the biggest, yeah, biggest um, leap of faith, really. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And all you empaths and highly sensitive people that may have given up, there's always hope. There's always intention. So always keep going. I mean, there's hope for everyone. Just kind of switching gears here. And this is a topic, I mean, definitely it's, I mean, I'm sure it has a lot of components to it, but I just wanted to bring it up on the show about maybe someone's out there, they've tried everything, they've been through trauma. Um, I've had people say that they have, where they have a whole line of family generational trauma, where it goes from their side of the family and whatnot. If somebody has gone through that, can you make the conscious decision where if it says, okay, it stops with that person i mean i don't know how much um i know about like generational trauma but it is something that i've heard people bring up and says like there's nothing i can do about it it's in my blood it's in you know my whole body and Mm -hmm. what do i do and so i just wanted your take on that yeah yeah absolutely yeah so I understand that generational trauma is real. It is real. And there is a biology component of that. Absolutely. Um, But, you know, neuroscience shows, and you were talking about neuroplasticity, that is not related to um, your generations. You might start off thinking a certain way because it's been handed down to you, (laughs) you know, but again, you know, our thoughts change our, ourselves. Um, And, you know, that's what I realized in physiology as well. Like your body is completely different, your skin, your hair, um, all of it, your bones uh, from seven years ago, you're probably not the same person. Like you've really um, changed uh, on a physiological um, sense. Um, neuroplasticity is is therefore something that I feel is something that most people should embrace because it doesn't help you to think that you can't change because of your biology or because it's been handed down to you. 
uh, what helps you is understanding the newer sciences in, um, in neuroplasticity to understand that your thoughts can literally change the way your brain things, thinks. So, you know, if your whole generation of um, family has been living from their limbic system, which is, um, you know, the, the lizard brain that is always in fight or flight or freeze, you can literally make the connection to your prefrontal cortex and start to realize I can input different information. I have that power. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you really commit to say, saying that the generational trauma stops with me, mm-hmm. we have enough information out there to believe that you can do it. <laughs> and just for people that are like, okay, well, you know, I don't know much <laughs> about it. I don't really care about it. You know, yeah. you can go to YouTube or Google anything and research mm-hmm. neuroplasticity, and it will tell you that you have that power. <laughs> so it's not like a, like a sentence you're, you're pretty much stuck with all this lifetime, even if you've been, th- your family line has been through a lot of trauma, there is still hope for that person, correct? Yeah. Well, you see, like every problem is actually an opportunity. And mm-hmm. when you look at your problems by really going deeper and going, okay, why is this my reality? Um, and you look at a problem and you reframe it you can do anything, anything. Um, And then, you know, you can even commit to radical forgiveness and say that everything is actually in the right place. You know, everything is meant uh, in this weird alignment for me to heal. Like if you really do believe that all of your negative experiences, I don't believe in negative or positive experiences. I just believe Mm -hmm. in experiences. Um if you can really start to understand, oh, wow, there is something in there for me to look at. And, you know, I always tell people, you know, tra- trauma is a gift. Actually, trauma is a gift because it gives you the opportunity to self-reflect. You know, some people that don't have trauma or don't have any pains and suffering mm-hmm. in that term, they can't actually advance spiritually mm. um, or psychologically logically because they don't have um like a like an like an input or 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 something Mm. where they have to like they have to look inside of this very thing um and it's often scary but most things that are valuable are difficult you Mm -hmm. know Um, and so when you can really realize that trauma is a gift I know Mm -hmm. this might be really hard for people to hear but if you look at it in a spiritual sense, it actually is, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, just kind of wrapping up here, just for the average person that might be tuning into this podcast, uh, leaving them with something actionable. I try, I try to get every guest to kind of leave something uh, that they can start using right away after the podcast. But what is one piece of advice that you can give somebody who's listening right now, who's been through trauma, um, that they could start using something right now? Like, I mean, whether it's, yoga, breathing, whatever um, that you can suggest, what would you say would start that healing process? Yeah, don't think too hard about your trauma. Um, Just get your body into a state of healing. So Mm -hmm. there's two ways, right? Um, There's the 4-9-11 breathing. So 
inhale for four, hold for nine, exhale for 11 seconds. Um, And that is probably the best way to reset your nervous system or get from a sympathetic state to a parasympathetic um, rest and digest place in your, in your body. Mm -hmm. So um, for anybody listening out there, if you just give yourself um, this type of breath work, when you're driving to work or before something stressful, or if something stressful happens to you, this will reset your nervous system to a state of new input where you can actually be in the state where you can change your mind. So that's when the neuroplasticity mm-hmm. comes in. So once you do that breathing technique, you can then implement that. The second thing is, and this <laughs> sounds like, I don't know, it's not something very technical or even educational, but if you can commit to dancing to just one song a day, mm. <laughs> like literally just like, go wild and be that child and, you know, just yeah. go crazy. I don't know, like air guitar or, you know, use your comb yeah. as a microphone. Right. If you dedicate one song per day to just letting your body be free and letting yourself be lost in the music that you love, like, I can't, like, I can't stress hard enough how, how important and how beautiful, um, that is for the for the individual and it is so simple and it's so accessible and uh yeah it just is a reminder of your individual authenticity so those are my two recommendations that are easy to follow and you know easy to execute as you will (laughs) i love that dance like no one's watching guys you only live once so or dance like everyone's watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're one of those people. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Natalie, it, it's been a true honor to have you on the podcast. You're always welcome back and keep up the amazing work. So much, yes. And before we leave, can you tell my audience where we can find you and what you're up to? Because I know you're up to a lot of stuff right now. So, yeah. I have a website. It's nataliekashani.com. And that's. My last name is K-A-S-H-A-N-I.com. You can also find me on Instagram. It's trauma.coach.natalie. Yes, I am always interested to take your personal DMs. I uh, am on there. I do a lot of reels. Uh, I have a lot of educational um, material that I put on there. I also have a free support group for trauma and relationships. Um, It's a Facebook group that I show up in um, every week. And, um, and it's a really beautiful community and a safe space of healing. And that's probably where you can start um, knowing more about my work. I really want people to understand that, you know, trauma healing should be accessible. You don't have to have a lot of money and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I, I see people for personal mentorship. I always do a three-month program with people privately. But yes, if you want to just join my Facebook group, just hit up my Instagram, go to link in bio and join my Facebook group and we can start there. Yeah. Excellent. You guys definitely check her out. Thank you again for having, you know, coming on this podcast. It, it really, you know, uh, made my day. So thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Raj, for having me. It's It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. All right, guys, there you have it for this episode. Stay tuned for the next one and always keep moving forward. And we are out.